Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know man, what are we talking about today? On today's episode we will go over the final top 8 games of the FIBA World Cup and debate the surprises and disappointments of this competition. Are you ready to get into it? Absolutely, man. This has been a hell of a tournament, so I'm excited for this episode. Let's get into it. Right before we get into it, let me just uh, give our listeners the great news that uh, we won't take any breaks here at the European Hoops Podcast. And starting already on next week, on Monday, September 18, we will start our early coverage for the 23-24 season that tips off on October 5. We will have episodes every day from Monday to Thursday going over every single team and what to expect from the next season. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Etos Euroleague so you guys don't miss any of our episodes. After this uh, great World Cup, how excited are you to start uh, this new Euroleague season? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a EuroLeague season <laughs> than this next one. Uh, I really think the competition is going to be at an all-time high level. And we have great players and we saw uh, a lot of them in this tournament performing at such a high level. So I can't wait for it to start. While we still need to wait a little bit longer, let's start by recapping the game for seventh place between Italy and Slovenia where the Slovenians conquered the 89-85 to win, locking the seventh place of the competition. The highlight of this game was and will always be Gigi and Thomas' last game, and uh, we here at the European Hoops Podcast express our admiration for him one last time. Great player and an amazing career. Luka Doncic was able to power Slovenia into this win with uh, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists and a 3 steals performance being the game MVP and ending the tournament with an average of 27 points, 6.1 rebounds and 6.1 assists. Luka is incredible and uh, his commitment to this country is not worthy, not worthy. What else can we say about this 7th place performance by Slovenia? Well, I think it's a, a fair spot for them, uh, considering the, the other teams that were participating as well. I mean, obviously, Luka is an amazing player, and I, I think he carried his team in, in this game for the seventh place against Italy. He almost had a triple-double. He he led the way for them, and he got them to the free-throw line, and I think that was one of the biggest difference f factors in this game. But uh, as far as Slovenia, I had him ranked fifth, so finishing seven, it's not a disappointment because... Other teams played very, very well, like Latvia and Lithuania. We'll get to them in a second. So uh, I think seventh place, it's good enough. Like They could have been better, but it could have been worse as well. I think they played decent for, for the level of their team. And the fact is, other than Luka and Prepelic in some games, they were quite limited in, in terms of talent and ability to create. So it was tough for them to, to reach a top four or top five. So... I think seventh place, it wasn't bad. And it go, uh, the same goes for Italy with the eighth place. I think both teams did a good job throughout the tournament. And, of course, shout out Gigi Datome on an amazing career. And, uh, yeah, this was an interesting game. And Luca, like you said, the dedication for his country. I mean, he came through again. And even with with a, a injured leg, uh, he said he wasn't okay. 
but uh, he still performed uh, at a high level. So credit to Luka. It will always be hard for uh, Slovenia to achieve medals, but uh, as we continuously say here on the podcast, we can never discount a team with Luka Doncic. So we certainly gave them a fighting chance and this seventh place shows that they were close to that stage of the competition and they can certainly be happy with uh, with the seventh place. I think they, they performed at a very good level. They eliminated teams like Australia on their way and uh, a team with Luka Doncic will be a team that uh, for many, many seasons and many many tournaments will be competing at the highest level and they certainly will be doing their very best to qualify for the next Olympics but uh, with Italy finishing the, this World Cup in 8th place and Slovenia in 7th we head into the Baltic battle between Latvia and Lithuania for 5th place, a game where history was made Latvia started the game by taking advantage of their pick-and-pop game to stretch out uh, Valentinus. And uh, at halftime, they were leading uh, 49-38, to 38, shooting 6 out of 15 from deep, while Lithuania was 1 out of 10. Valentinus and Jokobaitis had 12 and 15 points respectively, while for Latvia, Artur Kurutz and uh, Roland Schmitz were the top scorers with 11 and 12 points, and the highlight of the half was Arthur Jagers with 10 assists, while having the highest plus-minus between all the players at halftime at plus 14, and on track to fight for Tony Kukoc and Karlik Jones' 15 assists record. Latvia being able to keep up on the rebounding battle with 21 rebounds against 20 from Lithuania, and their ability to not give easy shots to Lithuania were the keys for, for this first half by the Latvian team, And uh, once again, they show their character and they fought hard against the Lithuanian size advantage, showing that uh, they were the team that wanted this game the most. In the end of the game, we saw Latvia locking down the dominant 98-63 to win, securing the fifth place on their very first FIBA World Cup and Artur Jagers becoming the all-time lead assist in a World Cup uh, game with 17 assists. Latvia did it again and show how good they can be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, the biggest aspect we mentioned uh, when we were previewing this matchup was the, um, the size difference and Lithuania, obviously, the, the bigger team. And the fact is, Latvia won the rebounding battle and they didn't allow Valenciunas to, to have a great impact on this game. And as far as Latvia goes offensively, it was just a basketball clinic, like, Zagars had a, a hell of a game, like you said, those 17 assists, uh, a record now. So it, it was a hell of a game by Latvia. Everybody stepped up. Kuruks, I think, played an amazing tournament. Roland Smith as well, Grazulis. I mean, a total team effort, and they deserve so much credit for what they've done in this tournament. And Lithuania too, I mean, they played a, a very bad game here, especially shooting the ball. But throughout the tournament, they were playing high-level basketball, And they beat the USA. They, they had a great tournament. So shout out to both of these teams because they both played at a very high level. And I'm sure the, the Baltic region is proud of both of these teams. No doubt about it. The, both of these teams performed at a very high level. And this uh, FIBA World Cup is full of highlights. And we will be getting to them in the end of this episode. Let's now talk about the medal games. And we start with a thrilling showdown where Canada clinched the bronze medal, adding their name to the competition history books, with uh, this being their first ever World Cup medal. They battled it out against the United States on this game, and the game went into overtime after a corner three by Michael Bridges, tying the game at 111. In the end, the final score was 127 to 118. 
throughout the game, both teams showcased their offensive power, and uh, the final score is a show of that. And it was Dylan Brooks stealing the spotlight spotlight for Canada with uh, 39 points, including seven three-pointers. Shagils Alexander made his presence felt with 31 points and impressive 12 assists. On the flip side, the United States struggled with the lack of lack of depth in the center position, and uh, Jared Jackson missed this game, and his absence was certainly felt. But this was Canada game, and in the end, they they were able to lock this win, shooting 17 out of 37 from deep, and this was one of the main reasons they were able to conquer this win and this medal. A very well deserved win and a very well deserved medal for Canada, and I believe you will agree with me when I say that. That, uh, big things can be ahead for this generation of Canadian players. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I think th- they did this without Jamal Murray, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Benedict McTurin. I mean, so many other players. They, they have such a great collection of talent that if they take their best roster possible for the Olympics, they're definitely going to be a contender. So Canada played a hell of a tournament. And as far as this game, I mean, the shooting aspect was awesome. And the fact that Shea is so good that made USA sometimes double him and be blitzing. That left Dylan Brooks open a lot, and he dropped 49, uh, 39 I'm sorry, uh, thirty nine points, and he had an, a hell of a game, seven three-pointers, like you said. This was finally a game where USA won the rebounding battle, and I don't. it's a weird coincidence because all the centers <laughs> were out, but... Uh, But still, a great win for Canada. Shea was the best player on the floor by far. And uh, you had guys like Anthony Edwards and Austin Reeves and Mikel who played very good games offensively. But defensively, it's just a bad effort by all all, all of their team because out of the last four games where they lost three of them, they they allowed 110, 113, and 127 on those three games. So it's normal to lose when you give up this many points in... 10-minute quarters, so they, they have to upgrade that defensive end for sure because we, when we were previewing the World Cup and when we did our power rankings, we had them as a great team on both sides of the floor, and if you look at their roster, obviously everybody is very good defenders here, guys like Josh Hart, Mikel Bridges, they all defend at a high level, and then they wasn't able to do that in these games, and that cost them a medal, which back-to-back tournaments too because in 2019 they finished seventh so i think it's a pretty disappointing performance by them especially on the defensive end of the court but canada did an amazing job not only in this game but throughout the whole uh, tournament so shout out to canada because they were amazing it's a well-deserved medal and it's probably a page on the Canadian basketball history that uh, will have many more chapters in the next competitions and we will be tracking all of that because we really like this uh, group of players from Canada. But uh, let's get to, to gold and we knew heading into the this game that uh, we would have a first-time FIBA World Cup uh, champion and uh, on the battle between Germany and Serbia, the Serbian fans showed up, making it look almost like a home crowd for their national team. Unfortunately, we saw Dobrich getting hurt and uh, having to leave early in the game. Serbia was able to deal with the German physicality and started the game imposing themselves, and after one quarter, they were ahead, 26-23. to 23. At halftime, the game was tied at 47, with Bogdanovic leading all scorers with 15 points, while Franz and Schroeder scored 14 each. 
in a game where both teams really wanted this win and left everything that they had on the court. The def- defensive discipline was key for Germany to build a double-digit lead in the second half. And we saw great defensive performances on Milutinov, on Bogdanovic, especially during the second half. Then Avramovic happened. He once again was disruptive and with his intensity led the way for Serbia to cut the deficit down to only two points. In the end, Germany was able to come out on top with a 83-77 to 77 win. They were the only team undefeated on this World Cup and achieved an absolutely incredible uh, f- feat with uh, this uh, World Cup title, while the Serbian performance was also incredible throughout the tournament and their so- silver medal on itself is also an incredible achievement. What a World Cup this was, the emotions, the performances, the execution, absolutely incredible throughout the whole tournament. The MVP of this game was Jonas Voigtman, that was incredible on both sides of the court, both defending Milutinov and having a highly efficient offensive performance with 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 block, while the best scorer of the game was Danny Schroeder with 28 points. The floor is yours, Jug. Give us your breakdown of this amazing final that led to this well-deserved title by one of our top picks heading to this World Cup. Well, we both thought this was going to be an amazing final and it, it did not disappoint. Uh, I think we had uh, high-level performances on both sides. Uh, and when I mean both sides, not only both Serbia and Germany, but uh, what I'm saying is offensively and defensively. Because these were two teams that played at a high level on both ends of the floor and they did throughout the whole tournament. So uh, I think this was a high-level basketball game, and I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, Serbia started out stronger, and unfortunately, with Dobrić injury, injury uh, I think he would have been an important guy for them, uh, especially having some assi- assignments of guarding like Dennis Schroeder or Franz Wagner. Uh, I think he would have been important, but uh, he went down. But Serbia, they didn't quit. Like They kept fighting. They had an amazing first half, and especially Bogdanovic. But then in the second half, he was a, virtually a no-show, but uh, credit to Dennis Schroeder, though, because even though he had to score the ball and he was the best scorer in the game, he still took the assignment of guarding Bogdanovic, and I think he did a hell of a job, especially in the second half. Uh, I think Franz Wagner was amazing. Uh, Voigtman's defense on Milutinov was out of this world because Milutinov had Absolutely. been one of the most important players for Serbia throughout the tournament, and Voigtman took him out the game completely, like, he didn't contribute one bit in this final, and that's all credit to Voigtman's defense. Then I think a guy like Isaac Bonga, uh, who had been so important when Franz went down and he stepped up, but uh, even when Franz comes back, he, he's still having an amazing defensive impact and positive contributions offensively. Like when Schroeder went to the bench, uh, it was him bringing the ball up the court and, and playing point guard, basically. And he did an amazing job outside of that turnover in the end. But uh, but I think he was very good for them today. Uh, Avramovic, I mean, what else can we say about him, man? Uh, he Incredible. had an amazing tournament defensively. But today, not only was he great defensively, and even though Schroeder still scored because he is an amazing player, Avramovic did a hell of a job guarding him. And then in the fourth quarter, he, he put Serbia on his back. He, he was scoring the ball at will. Uh, layups, trees, whatever you needed, he, he gave it to them. And... Uh, it's unfortunate that Bogdanovic didn't show up in the second half and Guderic wasn't really a factor today. So I think those two guys should have helped Avramovic way more and that would have given Serbia a great ch- chance to win this game. 
but uh, I think it was a hell of a game. And speaking of Germany now, the the world champions, and they deserve it for sure. I think the most important part uh, of this run for them was that game against Slovenia, where they had that argument on the timeout with Schroeder and Tice, and then Schroeder and Coach Herbert. Uh, because usually when a team goes through that, they have two options. Either they, they fold and they quit, or they they bond together and they get over it and they go on a run. And that's what Germany did today. Uh, they were They were losing badly in that game, and they got together, they talked it out, they won that game, and then they kept winning and dominating the, the teams that were ahead of them. And Schroeder, uh, after a moment like that, he comes out and ends up being the MVP of the tournament. So that was pretty awesome to see. But shout out Serbia because they did a, a hell of a run. And Germany, uh, I think they were the best team throughout the tournament from start to finish. And they didn't, they didn't lose a game. And they are deservingly so, the, the world champions. So congratulations. It- it was an incredible tournament and this final matches up to it. It was also a great, great final. And I agree with everything that you just said. I think both teams perform at a very high level. Uh, Serbia being on this final wasn't surprising and Germany being on this final wasn't surprising. We had both of those teams high and fighting for medals. They weren't favorites uh, on their semifinals, but they showed that they were the best teams on those semifinals and they really deserve to be here and their gold and silver medals. They deserve all the praise and uh, those were the two best teams of this tournament uh, now that all is done and they are deserving finalists and deserving winners for Germany. Now that we went over all the the games that define this top eight and uh, this uh, incredible end for this uh, great tournament, let's uh, go over the our picks for the best five of this competition. The best five elected for this competition was Danish Ruder, Bogdan Bogdanovic, Luka Doncic, Shegels Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. Uh, guard heavy five for sure. But <laughs> uh, but um, uh, the MVP of the tournament was Danny Schroeder. And I think that we both agree that uh, he's a deserving MVP because of the games missed by Franz Wagner. Do you agree as well that uh, Danny Schroeder being a champion deserves the, this MVP recognition? Yeah, uh, I believe the MVP should always go to the winning team. And because France missed all those games, Schroeder was by far the best player of that team uh, outside of that Latvia game. But uh, he was clearly the best player, so uh, he is deserving of the MVP for sure. So Schroeder is part of our starting five. And I will go ahead and I'll give my other four picks for my five. I would have Bogdan Bogdanovic. I would have Franz Wagner, Mikael Bridges, and I will have... Uh, SGA as my other four players besides Danny Schroeder on my final best five of this competition. Who would you have? So you had Schroeder, Shea, Bogdanovic, Mikael Bridges and Friends? Exactly. Okay, okay. So I would have had uh, Danny Schroeder, uh, Shea for sure, uh, Bogdanovic, uh, I think he is deserving. Uh, and I have a question here at the, the other forward uh, I would went. I would have went Franz Wagner, and I, that is my choice. But uh, if you want to say like he missed too many games, I would have went Mikel. But I'm gonna go Franz, and, and I want to have a big man there. Um, if Milutinov had had a better final, uh, I would have probably picked Milutinov. But because Germany won and Milutinov didn't perform at a at a good level, I'm gonna give it to Tice because I believe he was very very important for this team 
and on this run, and especially in the semifinal against the USA, where he had an amazing game scoring-wise. So I think Thais would have gotten the nod for me. Very well. Now that the competition is over, our breakdowns are done. We elected who were the top five players of uh, this competition, taking into account team success, of course. It's uh, heavily weighted on both of our fives. It's time to make uh, the final balance and go over our top disappointments and surprises. We start with disappointments and end on a high note with our surprises. And for me, there is no way around it. And France needs to be on the top of the list of my disappointments. While their elimination at the group stage doesn't come as a surprise, their poor performance does. For France, the path needs to be regrouping and coming out swinging on the Olympics that they will be hosting. Which were your biggest disappointments during this World Cup? Well, one of them, for sure, France. Because even though... uh, Well, you were higher on Latvia than me, but uh, I also enjoyed watching them play. So I I was giving them a chance, but I picked Canada and France to advance. So I did not think France was going to disappoint this much. Uh, And then the product they put on the floor wasn't great. So France is for sure one of my biggest disappointments because they they were recognized as one of the contenders and to be knocked out in the group stage is very, very disappointing. So France, for sure. And my second one, I'm going to have to go with Team USA because even though it wasn't a shock that Germany beat them and that other teams were were able to compete with them, like Canada who beat them, Lithuania beat them, but there were other teams who were contenders. But I think we all agreed that USA had the best roster and they should have been in the final. They should have won. But uh, Germany just stepped in the way of them and they took them out because Germany is re- a really good team. But uh, I guess having a all-NBA roster, 12 players who are in the NBA, great young players like Ant and Mikael, all of those guys, uh, I think not even getting a medal, uh, I would say it's a disappointment. So I have them as well. Let's get to the good part and the positives of this World Cup. And we have so many good highlights to 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 talk about the way that Japan qualified as the Asiatic team for the for the Olympics, the way that Angola and Egypt were able to perform at such a high level, Puerto Rico top 16 run, Lithuania beating United States, Brazil beating Canada, the level of play of players such as Bogdanovic, Franz Wagner, SGA, Serbia that were one of our favorites to fight for medals, making it all the way to the finals. Canada, first World Cup medal ever. A lot of great highlights, but uh, there is no way around it for me on this one also. And before the tournament, there were two teams that caught my heart. And uh, those two teams were Latvia and South Sudan. And their performance during the tournament not only lived to my expectations, they surpassed them. And uh, they also were two of the top stories of this uh, whole competition. Both teams were on their first time appearance in the World Cup and came out of the competition with a fifth place finish for Latvia. And uh, for the African team, they conquered the African Olympic slot. And uh, that was absolutely impressive. I truly urge all of you basketball fans that listen to this podcast to go ahead and to learn about the stories of the players from South Sudan and how unlikely their odds to ever be part of this tournament were. And now 
they are set to make it to the Olympic Games. We highlighted many of the players during our episodes when we were recapping and previewing their matches, but it is fundamental to highlight Luol Deng, his work and his investment in this project that uh, has a real impact and goes way behind basketball. It's truly commendable and uh, Luol Deng is doing a great, great job and we need more people like him doing work like that for basketball. And uh, this is a, a great reward that is very well deserved. And for Latvia, what an incredible run that they had. The conjugation of young, talented players such as Artur Jagers that shined in this World Cup and comes out of this World Cup with a World Cup record that probably will stick around for quite a while. Experienced players like Daris Bertrands, Andres Grajulis, and the high-level core players such as Davis Bertrands, Roland Schmitz, and Rodion Kurutz. Besides the leadership of a coach like Luca Banki, the make this group a truly, truly special one that was poised to be highly competitive. And they certainly had one of the most impressive, if not the most impressive run of this tournament, finishing in fifth, fifth place after losing by only two points to the FIBA World Cup champions in the quarterfinals. During their impressive run, they eliminated France and Spain on games where their character was in full display and uh, were dominant on key games against Brazil, Italy, and, of course, the decisive Baltic battle for the fifth place. No amount of phrase is too much phrase for this team and for both of these teams, for these players, for this coaching staff, and for these countries. What about you, Diogo? Go ahead, wrap up this episode by letting us know what were the highlights of this tournament for you. Well, I, one of them, uh, I agree with you for sure, and it's Latvia, but I'll get to them in a second. Uh, I, I just want to talk about South Sudan first. Um, I don't have them as my top two surprises, uh, but I do have them as like the best story in the tournament. Um, I, I don't have them as a surprise because even though it, it was the first time and all of the story that it, that's behind their country, they have good players. And even though I didn't pick them to advance, it, it wasn't a surprise for me that they did because they have very good players like Carlick Jones and Omut and Wayne and Gabriel. They, they had a, a squad. So uh, congratulations to them because they had a, a hell of a run. But uh, I don't think it was a surprise uh, as far as like on the court. But uh, an amazing story for sure. And everybody should turn into that because they are on the come up for sure. And they're going to be uh, a nice team to watch next year in the Olympics. Uh, as far as Latvia, though, uh, I think that's the biggest surprise, of course, uh, because and especially considering the group that they were in, the fact that they advanced and then they kept playing at such a high level and beating, um, beating Spain, and just playing that, just team basketball at its best. I mean, you, you don't really see many teams play as good as them. And the fact that they were able to reach the, the fifth spot, I mean, it's truly incredible. So Latvia is for sure one of my biggest surprises. Uh, and then I think Serbia, because I was quite high on them in the power rankings. Um, I had them sixth. Maybe I should have had them even higher, of course, because they did reach the final. But uh, just because of the amount of great players that didn't come to play in the World Cup and the fact that they were still able to reach the final and put up a hell of a fight against a great German team. Uh, I think Serbia deserves a lot of credit here because not a lot of people would have had them coming this far. I mean, we talked about them being contenders for medals, but I don't think we would have picked Serbia to, to reach the finals because they would always have to beat 
uh, either Germany or USA, Canada, whatever. And maybe we, we were not going to do that. I don't think so. So I think Serbia deserves a lot of credit for what they did in this tournament. And they are one of my surprises as well. Very well. This takes us to the end of this episode, the very last one of our World Cup coverage. It was a hell of a ride. Thank you all of you that joined us. And stick around because we are about to start an epic Euroleague season and we will be covering all of it for you guys starting already next week with the previews of every team heading into the start of the competition. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Etos Euroleague to ensure that you don't miss any of, ep of our episodes. And as always, I will be talking with you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on next episode.